CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. My opinion should not be yeah. above anyone else's opinion. Stop listening to celebrities, to influencers. They don't know better than you. Doesn't mean they did their research. Like only God is meant to be worshipped. Humans are not. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for, but need a welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hey, cuties, and welcome to a brand new episode on Almost Adulting with me, your host, and the best podcaster out there on one of the biggest podcasts in the world, Violet Benson. Welcome. Today, we are doing the third week of Cult Month on Almost Adulting, and today we are doing something a little different. Today, we're discussing the cult of the Kardashians and the celebrity cult. Because this episode is so interesting and so fascinating, we are giving you a two-part episode. So after today's episode, you will have part two that's even more interesting and dives even deeper into the celebrity cult world and into the Kardashians this upcoming Tuesday. So just a heads up, this is part one and you'll get part two this Tuesday. Anyway, if you recently got ghosted, I will suggest also listening to this week's Tuesday episode on the reason why you got ghosted. But back to today, <laughs> this episode is super fascinating. We basically have an amazing lady on my podcast today, and she is going to give you all the technical and psychological reasonings behind how the Kardashians have managed to build their empire and how they managed to build such a cult-like following and the strategies that they use from the words that they say to the things that they post, to the marketing strategies that have made it possible for them to be this huge. So not only is it incredibly fascinating, but a lot of the things we're going to be discussing are ways for you guys to use it for your own business, for your own life with whatever it is that you're trying to grow. Also, I'd like to say that this episode today is brought to you by uh, CB Distillery and Shopify. Please make sure to really listen to the ads I have this week and support me by trying to use these products. They're amazing and I'm thankful to them because it's the only reason I'm still podcasting with you guys since, you know, my podcast is free. So definitely thank you CB Distillery and Shopify for making today's episode happen. Um, yes, also quick announcement, my show at the Hollywood Improv, October 24th, I think I'm pretty sure is officially sold out. I'm still going to put the link in my bio in case there's still a ticket or two that's available for you guys. But overall, it seems that my show is sold out. So congratulations to me. I knew I was going to sell out and I fucking did. And by the way, the points that I'm making right now, you'll also get to understand the whole marketing behind using specific words that I just used. But yeah, my show is sold out. I'm so excited and thankful for everyone that was going to make it to my show October 24th this upcoming Monday it's going to be half comedy half podcast and it's going to be amazing and the people who will not be able to make it to my show you'll be able to catch this episode in December when it'll finally air on our podcast 
So yeah, I'm really excited for this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know your thoughts. And again, I so appreciate everyone that DMs me when they love an episode. But if you can please, instead of DMing me your comments when you love an episode, if you can please write me a five-star review with your thoughts instead, it will greatly help my podcast. And together we are making this podcast number one. So obviously... It's all thanks to you, the listeners, my besties. So thank you again for listening. And don't forget to give me a five-star review so we can make this podcast number one. And thank you for making this podcast as big as it is now. And I really hope you enjoy and you learned something today about the Kardashian cult. Love ya. Hey guys, my name is Viola Benson. Welcome to a brand new episode of Almost Adulting. So welcome to Cult Month. We have made it to week number three. Today I decided to do things a little bit differently uh, because the last two episodes have been so serious and I had to give you trigger warnings and things like that. Today I said, let's make it fun. That is why today I have my special guest, MJ Corey. She is a Brooklyn-based writer and psychotherapist, also very well known as Kardashian colloquium colloquium (laughs) with a K with a K on Instagram and TikTok basically she applies media theory and postmodern philosophy to the doings on the Kardashian family so today we're going to dive into the quote-unquote cult that is the Kardashian empire and just the overall Hollywood in general that sometimes comes off a little culty whether it's the groups or just how they move i'm really fascinated so i think it's gonna be really fun and no trigger warning today so thank you so much for being here mj i'm excited thank you for having me today we're actually for the first time ever filming uh the podcast in my podcast studio room it's not fully done but she's my first survivor I love <laughs> Since it. Since this month is all about survivor, survivors yes. from the cold month. So she's my first survivor of being in this room. We are going to be painting this room a different color. If you guys want to tell me what color you think this wall should yeah. be painted, that'll be great. But basically, yeah, you're my first guest in this room. So thank you. Breaking it in. Yeah. I mean, thank you. <laughs> okay. So let's get started. So yes. I found you through TikTok. Yes. So what exactly do you want to tell everyone what you do on TikTok? I I apply these different philosophies and theories to the Kardashian family. And it's been an interesting thing because TikTok really exploded my project. I started it in 2018 on Instagram. And I do like Instagram a bit more as a medium. And we can get into why. Um, But TikTok was good to me in the sense that it really delivered my content to a lot of people through the FYP. Um, And I kind of take the things the Kardashians do, the, the stories they tell in media, the stories they tell on their TV show, and I break it down using some theory that I don't think a lot of people are familiar with because it's typically... Um, explored in like academic institutions and higher education and I think it should be more accessible to more people and I also find it helpful to use the Kardashians so that I can understand these higher higher level ideas better myself like some of the philosophies I read and talk about are not easy stuff and it is made easier by like scene living examples and fun celebrity examples right so let's start with the word they use often which is postmodernism yes so for the average person can you kind of explain how this applies to hollywood specifically the kardashians since we're focusing on them so postmodernism is so applicable to the celebrity class to the kardashians because 
they are the consequence of the postmodern condition, which is basically commodity culture in overdrive. Um, we will get deeper into as we talk how celebrities are commodities, but the thing about postmodernism as a word, it was a movement. If you Google it, you're going to find a lot of answers that say postmodernism was a movement of the 20th century. The thing about it is it's hard to pin down because we're in a moment culturally where everything is hard to define. It's hard to figure out what is objectively true. You know it when you see it. It's almost like a cult or like I was reading about cults to prep for this interview and I read something that said, you know a cult when you see one the same way you know pornography when you see it. Same with postmodernism. Like, it's a new, it's a language that's meant to describe an emerging thing that's hard to explain. It's everything, everywhere, all the time, which is a movie and a book about postmodernism. So yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's very loose. Dumb it it's down weird. to me like I'm too. Kanye West using a replica of his childhood home in the Donda performances. It's when you see copies of copies of copies, when you see that Kim Kardashian's um, face and body are the amalgamation of different ethnicities around the world. And so she's like a, a singular woman, but she represents plurality, like a pluralism. Wow. Yes. Um, it's like the fact that the Kardashians, the TV show is a reality show about a reality show. They talk about how there's cameras in the room. So, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Self-reflexivity, which is basically referencing yourself, subjectivity, relativism. It's everything's fluid and moving. There's a lot of images. You don't know how to pin down what's real. So it's a weird word because it means a lot of things. Oh, that's interesting. So the same thing can then apply to even influencers when we're like, get ready with me today and things like that. So it's me filming what I'm doing throughout the day and it's not fully real. Yes. But it's me presenting it. And then I know I'm being filmed doing yes. it. So it's like that. It's like, yeah, constructed realities are an example of postmodern, the postmodern condition. The fact that it's mediated through Instagram. When you're referencing yourself and kind of like what you're doing, that's when it's more postmodern. When you're kind of like, we all know I'm filming this getting ready with me thing. If you were to pan back and, for example, film yourself filming this set, if they were to see the camera, the yeah. process there'd be something kind of postmodern about that oh got it yeah okay that's really cool that's really interesting so i do i do think in that way the kardashians are the perfect yes. most perfect prime example of it i really think so that's why i kind perfect of like subjects yes they're they're already like they have a the culture on a chokehold so they're good subjects of any kind of analysis i think because we have to understand their power and like how it came to be but they're also just the perfect examples because they like give us little tidbit nuggets of it every day with all the stuff they do. The thing I love about you is that you are a licensed therapist, yes. psychotherapist. So you literally know the nuance behind all of this. No, being a licensed therapist has been helpful. Sometimes people misunderstand what I'm doing and they think I'm psychoanalyzing the Kardashians. But the thing is, this is another impact of the postmodern culture that they've especially cultivated in their project. We don't know who they really are. We know their facades. We know their narrative constructs. We know what they project outwards. So what I'm more psychoanalyzing, if anything, is the impact they have on all of us, on the public. What is media theory? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Media theory is um, really well entwined with postmodern philosophy because the state of modern media is inherently postmodern. So they the two things that I like to look at fuse together pretty well. Um, they interplay well. Marshall McLuhan was one of like the iconic media theorists. I really enjoy media theory that emerged in the 60s. I think there's something interesting about a lot of those guys, uh, Daniel Borston, Marshall McLuhan. They're the two ones that come to mind right now. That's when television was becoming central to culture. So it's really interesting that the people thinking about what TV meant back then were really prophetic to today. And Marshall McLuhan 
wrote, he was a big theorist in the 60s, that basically the fish don't know they're in water. So media is basically, we're the fish and media saturates our lives so much, we barely even notice how it impacts us. So media theory is an attempt at kind of deconstructing what media is, how it's influencing us. And it goes beyond, I think we talk a lot about representation and representation politics when we talk about media, but... And that's a great start to the conversation, but it gets really deep into like how the algorithms infuse themselves and how we think. Do you believe the media theory is more important than ever, even for like the average person? Yeah. Even the average person has an understanding of how important things like the algorithm and branding are? Yes, I do. I love that question. Um, Because we have a sort of like a media literacy in the sense that people are literate in the use of technologies. Like we can like tap away and like, actualize a presence on social media. We know how to do that. We have like an intuition about how the algorithms are working. You're noticing that you're seeing people on your explore page because you're do like, we kind of sense it, we notice it, and we know how to leverage technology to do what we need to do to survive in this culture. But literacy is more important because at the same time, it's back to that postmodern condition I was talking about. We live in kind of like a post-truth world. Like the rise of Trump is a great example. It's an easy example. We're talking about fake news, the news has become hyper-partisan. So like the two parties are incredibly polarized and reacting to one another. That's and that's impacting how people like relate to one another, like person to person. Everyone's stressed and miserable. And well, no division is the, the, the fastest way. One thing I learned during cult month is that dividing people is the fastest way to control them. Yes. And I think that's made me really curious about everything else in this life. Yeah. I That's why I think cult month has been so interesting to me because people think it's only has to do with cults when in reality it has to do with our everyday lives and you may not know you're in a cult but in a weird way when you're slowly being divided and in order to quote unquote tell you what you should think and tell you what you should do and then you open your phone and it's specifically to like one part of the news and things like that with the media kind of manipulating yes. us in a way we are in a cult without realizing they're yes. using the same tactics yes now i've learned that in our everyday life social media politics and all that are using the same tactics they use on the different cults that i've been interviewing yes absolutely it's and that's where there is like a cult of celebrity too and like media does perpetuate a sort of cultish way of of existing and that coercion you're talking about and that's like the line that i'm always walking and trying to explore too because my mission is to promote critical thinking to help people want to read a little bit more um, notice the constructs of how media operates in a in a better way but then at the same time i don't want to encourage conspiratorial thinking right and i or become too biased yes totally i'm trying to like argue for neutrality and, or at least as a baseline, um, and then go from there with more education and more of like your own personal values. But yeah, TikTok was where I learned, oh shit, like I'm trying to point out connections and patterns and things, but now these kids are getting too excited about that yeah. and they're getting really conspiratorial and paranoid. Yeah, because then they're gonna start seeing things that are not really there. Yeah. And that kind of goes to when someone thinks, I can't stop thinking about my ex. I think there are signs that yes. I need to call my ex when in reality, you're just, you're creating those signs. You're creating yeah. a new reality. So it's the same thing. If you suddenly focus on specific conspiracies, your audience now is going to be hyper aware yeah. of conspiracies that are not actually there. Yes, exactly. But then here's the other weird thing. Creating realities, that's what we're doing on social media. And that's what the yeah. Kardashians do when they create their lives and commodify them and convey them in a mass scale. They're a part of mass media. Earlier when I said, you know postmodernism when you see it. This is what I mean. It's just like a word that can be used to describe this new movement that we see happening where we're just disoriented as fuck. How do you think these things 
affect how we intake culture and media and then the perception of these stars is basically they're just controlling us or controlling what they put out i know yes. i know for me as much as i i share with the world it, i still feel the need to be in control and of whatever it is that yeah. i'm sharing yeah i don't blame you it's a tough thing because consumers crave a feeling of authenticity and i think that discourse about authenticity has been increasing lately especially with tiktok like there's the whole like culture wars of instagram versus tiktok and i know that a lot of gen z um talk about instagram's too curated tiktok is where you find the authenticity and like there's like a nouveau influencer that is less curated than like the ig like the the era of ig influencers so there's like this tension and i think that as technology goes faster like we had more time to curate our shit on instagram yeah you know and it's a lot of work to do all that to like curate a feed be grid ready do the whole thing and have that impact and it's a very homogenous impact it has to do with like there's like a lot of patterns on like, and they're easy on the eyes on instagram TikTok is more chaotic it's much more postmodern. um and i think because the information moves faster and the content comes at you faster and more randomly um they feel like it's more real and this hunger for but the it's real not for example there was a trend for the longest time of taking pictures of yourself when you cry that means the person yes. was in their emotions being their themselves reality yes. crying and then in that moment said wait one second yeah click like and took a picture of themselves that seems so unnatural and not normal or real to me so that is not being and then they post and they're like hey guys i want you to know everyone cry but you know they edited the photo before <laughs> So yes. it's like, it's not, or if celebrity something supposed to picture a long time ago, Kylie Jenner yeah. and James Charles, James Charles posted a picture together and they're like, all natural, no filter, but they have work done. Yeah. So was that actually the reality or real? No. Yeah. So that's confusing to me how people buy into that because it's not the reality. I really like those examples. The Kardashian use of plastic surgery is its own fun conversation, um, but someone's crying they take a picture of it they post it so it's a real moment but the the key word in that is that they mediated those tears so when i say media theory mediation we never really think about the word mediation mediation is that like process when something happens and you bring it outwards and share it with the public um and so mediation is what fascinates fascinates me how mediation happens and like the process by which it happens and like the flavor that it that it kind of gives off and so the, i think that younger people i mean people have always craved that people want to see people cry and then identify with it or judge yeah, it or wild. whatever you know what i mean it just takes yeah. new forms i think for me when i've tried to relate is by talking about dark moments and things like that for me i struggle i don't like to do it in the moment mm -hmm. like if i'm down bad the last thing i want to do is open social media and let everyone know yeah because i don't need anyone to pity me for me it's always been more i'm gonna figure out how to get back up yeah. and then when i'm done i'm gonna share that moment yeah. when what happened to me and how i got through it because for me it's always in a way to just encourage people to work on their mental health i don't like it when people use it in a way to get attention. Am I saying it? I don't know how to explain it, I guess. Well, I think there's health, There's a, it's healthy to give yourself time to process and then think about, like narrative psychology is a real thing. Making narratives of our own lives can help us compress what happened, make meaning of it, and then move on from it or become more of an expansive, evolved person from it. Yeah. And so you've got more control when you can like look backwards and then give it over on your own terms that's important for me because yeah. i was never really into social media prior to starting this which yeah. is so insane and i still in some ways keep my life private which does not seem like it though yeah but it's it's nice that i have a choice unlike let's say the kardashian kids yes. you don't have a choice yeah. and i think we're gonna dive into that and better understand that but 
let's just get into the Kardashians. So it's often joked that, like I said, the Kardashians are quote unquote a clan with a K yeah. or cult, but their actions honestly, in a way, prove it to be true. And we're going to dive into this further, but just to simply start, what would you say some of the key things about this that can back this theory? So if we were to, if we were to like affirm the idea that the Kardashians are cult, first of all, it always reminds me of this quote that Courtney Love, there was some interview where Courtney Love was like, there's this Venusian fertility cult in the Valley that I'm really enthralled by right now or something. And she was talking about the Kardashians. She's kind of a Kardashian fan from what I've gathered. My partner and I early before this interview were talking about whether the Kardashians technically count as having cultivated a cult of personality and a cult of personality um, was first, I think, used by Karl Marx. I could be wrong. Um, but it's this idea, it's more political, that like a leader is um, scaffolded, their image is scaffolded by propaganda and like media being like, they're so great, they do this, this is their vibe, and like really like conveys what they're about in their like essence using media and propaganda. So publicist. Yeah, basically publicist okay. in a political sort of way. And whether it works or doesn't work is its own conversation. But the Kardashians like have that and don't have that because it it there's they're divisive people they incite love or hate in people um so it's not like it works in a totalitarian kind of way but they but the media does try to tell us like they try to tell us kim keeps winning kim is a winner kim keeps growing and then she does she does actualize this the mythology they make about themselves and that more and more the media affirms because they get clicks for the media. So the media needs them now as much as they need the media. That's its own conversation. This guy reminds me of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry when they came out with their podcast and they were yes. saying they're number one on the in the charts and it was coming out, all the news uh, magazines were picking it up saying they're number one and Spotify was saying it, but then people had a way to look and they were like, they were like number 20 or whatever it was. And they're like, so why are you lying? But it's true because I believed it because I wasn't gonna actually look and search. Great so example. they told me the number one. I said, oh, sh they're killing it. That's a great example. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think there's something similar to that with Disney announcing that the Kardashians like broke streaming records. And as a writer, I've referenced that to make my points about the significance of the family. I've said they broke streaming records at Disney with the premiere of the Kardashians on Hulu. Maybe they did, but we will never know because Disney doesn't release those numbers. And so whether it's true or not, it endorses the Kardashians and their relevance. And I've, I, like I said, as a writer, I've pointed to it to be like, this is why they matter. They're, people are watching, they're engaging, but it's a useful We'll just say this it's a useful method to create the method is very cool because yeah. when i've talked about in an episode on work month on how to move up or how to get the jobs that you want i mentioned some comment about you have to as women you have to have the same confidence as a mediocre yeah. man yes and it's the truth because i've noticed based on research and books that i've read that how men a lot of times speak about themselves they hype themselves up without anyone else doing it so yeah. then people want to be around them versus yes. women a lot of times will talk down at themselves so they'll be like oh you're doing so great and be like am i oh, i don't know yeah. oh, I, I guess i don't know and then if you keep saying that people will be go yeah maybe you're not doing well yes and i tested that theory one time when i went out with a brand benefit cosmetics and they asked me so what are you doing this year nothing was going on yeah. in my life and i was just like oh my god you guys i'm so busy i'm just like killing it right now like i have like this and this and this book like i can't discuss it because it's like top secret but i can't wait for you guys to see everything and i kid yeah. you not they were looking at me and they go oh well if there's any way we can help you out with anything you're working on if there's any way we can be part of everything yeah. that you're doing like let us know we would love to join in i was just like 
did I just book myself a job? Like, are you joking? Yeah, hype yourself, totally. And that's like the interesting, maybe more positive aspect of postmodern culture too, of um, truth can be uh, constructed and there's a darkness to that with the media Because you theory. do end up killing it but though. You can kill it, right. Then there's an empowerment that can come from it too in a girl it's boss kind of sense. Yes, it is, it is. And like, that reminds me actually of Alfred Adler, who was a contemporary of Freud. And we'll get into Adler and Freud if we talk, circle back to the cult thing actually. Love that. Yeah, and Alfred Adler coined the phrase acting as if and so if you act as if you talk as if that can really work and the kardashians do it for example 2014 kim's paper cover break the internet they basically said our plan is to break the internet we're going to do this very provocative image that really exemplifies race and sexuality which is like the two tenets of kim kardashian success if you ask me and it worked they said it would and it Sometimes like when you say it should happen, it happens. Social media, when you say like and follow or like and share people, there's like proof in marketing that like people do it if you tell them to. And so that's what's interesting about the Break the Internet cover is they said, this is this is our plan. And then we made it happen for them. And it was a really well-written article too. The writer Amanda Fortini like ma- managed to like exemplify Kim. And it's still like kind of a timeless article. We all know that life can get super hectic sometimes from balancing work to your social life to relationships. And fitting in, listening to my podcast weekly. It can be so stressful. And by the way, thank you so much for still listening to my podcast. So what is your solution to relax and recenter yourself? If you haven't tried CBD, you haven't experienced complete relaxation. CBDistillery.com has my favorite CBD products, including their top-rated Synergy Plus collections. And guess what? No prescription is needed and it's delivered straight to your door. Trust me, you're going to wish you did this sooner. You're going to be so relaxed that it'll make you wonder how you manage your life without it. So you're probably thinking now, V, what the hell is in this stuff? Well, let me tell you. It's called Unwind Synergy Plus THC and CBD. It's only available from cbdistillery.com and you must be 21 or older to order. Unwind Synergy is formulated with full spectrum CBD plus hemp-derived Delta 9 THC. Bottom line, if you can use a little peace and calm in your life, Unwind Synergy is for you. And with over 2 million customers, CB Distillery is a source that you can trust. So visit cbdistillery.com and click the Synergy Plus. And at the checkout, enter adulting for 15% off. Yeah, you heard me. Again, enter adulting for 15% off at cbdistillery.com. That's cbdistillery.com. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. I know as an influencer and a top podcast host, my life looks fabulous. And I mean, well, duh, it is. (laughs) But if there's one group of people who literally hate me, it's, nope, you didn't guess it. It's not you. It's my neighbors. Because my trash is constantly overflowing boxes from products I am sent. And if you're ever wondering how these companies are finding such success, let me tell you, it's Shopify. Shopify makes it simple to sell anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling a cookbook full of recipes you stole from the internet or a DIY face mask you posted on TikTok that somehow went viral, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite business worldwide. Hello, Dob, when I sell my merch when it wasn't sold out, I use Shopify and I built it myself. With Shopify, you'll get to create an online store based on your vibe, discover new customers and grow the following that keeps them coming back. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to their 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify gets you from every step of the way so your business doesn't crumble before it even takes off. This is how every minute new sellers around the 
world make their first sale with Shopify. And you will too, just like I did. And listen, I get how hard it is to not only get your business off the ground, but to keep it off the ground. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. So why not try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere? This is possibility powered by Shopify. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash adulting. Go to shopify.com slash adulting to start selling online today. That's shopify.com slash adulting. Thank me later. So let's dive into the reason yeah. the Kardashians came about, which is yeah. Kim's sex tape. That's yes. where it all started. So recently there was a ton of drama to this day, which is wild, yeah. regarding the sex tape, even 15 years later. Yeah. Can you kind of break down the recent happenings with that regarding the contracts Ray J exposed on his Instagram live a few weeks back and yeah. what all of that really means? Yeah. Um, I don't know the total details, honestly, of like what exactly Ray J exposed, but I think that that could even go towards my postmodern argument. Um, Kim and Ray J had their sex tape that like leaked. We always say leaked in quotes, I feel like at this point, um, back when they started 2007 and much of season one of the Card Keeping Up with the Kardashians was oriented around that scandal. Like Kim has to talk about it with Tyra. What's she gonna do? How's she gonna approach it? Um, they practiced for the interview and Courtney said, why do you make a sex tape? And she famously said, because I was horny and I felt like it. Right. Um, and what I do think is interesting is back then it was a gamble whether they leaked it on purpose or it was accidentally leaked or whatever it was career starting it's the genesis of kim kardashian it's her origin myth i always say um i think a lot of people there's a faction of people what i've observed i see the discourse on my like account so i see there, there's groups of people that are like it's cool that she leveraged something that women are often shamed for her sexuality a really private moment and turned it into like a major epic girl boss career. I think she was one of the first people to do that because when you look back at Pamela Anderson yes. and people got to watch the documentary, mm -hmm. you get to see the suffering that she had to go through and going on the yes. shows and the shame. Had she done it during the same era as Kim, maybe yeah. the conversation would have been different. Or if anyone would have done it now, the conversation would be even more different. Yes. Because now you can, you can kind of decide what your narrative is going to be by controlling the media. Yes. Back then, poor Pamela, it was more like everyone goes Tommy, Pamela yeah. is a whore. Yep. And then with Kim, I mean, what they did was mind blowing. So the whole family are millionaire billionaires because of her starting with her sex tape. Yeah, I'm glad we're zeroing in on the sex tape actually as a fractal of like the whole thing because I think because I'm horny and I felt like it is oh. the first sign of like, I think it's the first sign <laughs> I of- I was like, you're horny and you're like, <laughs> oh my God, no. Cool. Uh, I would, no, I'm a pro professional, I would never. Um, but no, I think that it, that was her kind of being like, well, I'm not gonna apologize for it. Right. And then they went on and the, the, this is an example of mediation being so important and for us to understand the impact that media, the medium itself has. They, she said that on her reality show, which was a longer form medium for her to get the public to know her family. So it wasn't like a siloed thing of like this tabloid paparazzi celebrity like Pam Anderson, who was seen on a TV show, but as a character, a Baywatch character, there was already like, you know, people were scandalized by Baywatch. Um, 
and then we see the sex tape and then it's like this rupture into her private life and and all the kind of like violence of that whereas a reality show kim gets to say she's not sorry we get to see her bts of prepping for tyra and then we go on over the course of season one to get to know this family that people love to hate but then they're kind of charming because they're wholesome also and they're like right she's a victim so then you suddenly feel for her because first it's empowering but then she also shows the side where you can actually relate to her oh god i'm so happy i'm not walking those shoes okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Right. We see a gamut of stuff. There's more content to work with. And then through all of it, they're still controlling the narrative in an episode. But there's more humanization that happens when we it's a, through a reality TV show. And then, of course, season one turned into season, you know, 20 seasons. And that brings us full circle to, uh, you know, the new show. 20 seasons later, episode season one on Hulu, they almost like took it full circle and brought the sex tape issue back. They make a lot of references to the past, I've noticed, in this new Hulu show. Um, and Ray J seems like he's had enough of the narrative. Um, and so he really kind of... So it wasn't yeah. Ray J being the bad guy. It was more the shows bring this up. He's now sick of it. Yeah. And he was defending himself. That's really interesting yeah. what you just said. So ex- including like myself, who... Yeah. I think I'm always catching everything, but I didn't even catch the fact that the first episode was so curated. It had to do with being nostalgic, bringing it back to the first episode of 20, uh, 20 yeah. seasons. That's like mind blowing. That's so insane. That's so interesting. That's so cool. Like what yeah. a way I didn't even process that. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So interesting. I've just gotten used to like noticing those things. Cause like, this is like my whole like wow. shtick, but like, yeah, that's, that's what I think was up with that. And then maybe it's true. Maybe his manager was threatening to like leak more. And I don't, the thing about the, the end game of what I'm about to say with the whole Ray J situation is what we can really learn from it. I think, um, at least from my framework of the postmodern philosophy is we don't know what's true. We're disoriented. We're hearing from him. We're hearing from her. We're, we got a reality show construct of it. We have Ray J's kind of like leak contracts but then the thing is the contracts are nothing that no one already knew about we knew that, that she ended up signing away her rights right. to it and they got paid for it so it's not necessarily a great revelation but what i thought was interesting about ray j having had enough and going live and doing a very entertaining instagram live with like a slideshow and his friend brandon's like fucking up the slideshow and he's pointing to contracts that's very tiktok generation that's right. chronology analyses that's like documents that's that's it was it was entertaining and it felt authentic he was reacting in real time so i just think it's interesting 
Wait, all everything that we're saying, because it brings me back to the thoughts of media theory and the postmodernism. It yes. also makes me think of every time a YouTuber got canceled and then they get on to do their apology video and then they can't cry too much because then it's fake. So they have to cry, but they can't not cry because then you look like a sociopath. So mm-hmm. they have to cry just enough. And then everyone analyzes that. And you know that when they're getting to record themselves, they've practiced the speech a, a few times. Yes. So that is them creating this postmodernism yes and then you know you tear up and then you cry a little then you're like okay now i have to stop so i look innocent that's crazy the cool thing with the controlling not not the cool thing the interesting thing with the controlling the narrative yeah is that the kardashians do do their best to control the narrative and it is cool how they really put so much thought into the first episode of the new season to be nostalgic yeah but in the past this is completely outside of the questions i was just thinking about it but in the past sometimes controlling the narrative backfires on you because a good example of that would be when chloe got cheated on for the 700 million time and it was to show her innocence basically you know coming after poor jordan yeah and then luckily because now we have the opportunity to have social media i think sometimes now it's harder and you've talked about it also which we'll dive into where the kardashians don't have as much control as they used to to control the narrative because then jordan got to go on red table talk yeah and there she kind of got to speak her truth and the narrative changed within a day yes so i think that's kind of interesting how the kardashians did have so much power yeah but now the narrative has changed. It can backfire on you because everyone else has, I don't need anymore to call the paparazzi. Yes. Just to do something. I can just get on social media and have a breakdown and I can still get my point across. That's it. So that's another facet of postmodern culture. Like different theorists have different definitions of it because it's like so inherently chaotic. But um, one thing you'll see if you search, there's like a five tenets of postmodernism and pluralism is one of them. So when I say pluralism, I kind of mean what you're saying of like, there's different avenues of creating narratives. So they might talk about Jordan on the show, but then she can go on Red Table Talk. There's an abundance of narratives and mediums for those narratives. And the thing is, the Kardashians have even found a way to make that serve them because they tell their stories on so many mediums that it can subsume like one red table talk. So everyone I think knows like that shit with Jordan and Chloe was way more complicated than the Kardashians wanted to make it sound. That's what's been interesting doing these interviews yes. having to do with cults because it yes. literally relates to real life now, whether it's politics or just yeah. people with following. And I've said it before in one of the interviews is that the, I forget which philosopher who said this, but that only God only God is meant to be worshipped. Humans are not. Yeah. So humans are not used to being worshipped. And yes. that is why a lot of times it ends up either making them go mad, out of control. Like a good example would be someone like Kanye. He's having too many yes people around him that he's lost control yes. and lost control of the narrative. Yes. And now he just doesn't care anymore because he thinks he's untouchable. And that's a godlike complex, yes. which unfortunately is something that's not supposed to happen to humans. What's interesting about that quote you just mentioned is Chris Rojack, who wrote a book about celebrity. There's a whole chapter about celebrity as a religion. And he attributes it to there, you know, in the old timey days of kings and queens, like monarchies, those were the celebs. And as monarchies came down and totalitarian regimes came down and society became more secular and democratic, celebrity was like almost an inevitable consequence of that. Also with media becoming more um, advanced and like technologies becoming more advanced, like celebrities, of course, were going to happen. And he kind of described celebrity as 
like we live in a post god society so they're the new gods and that's um, so you know scary isn't that crazy yeah and that's why i have a million times during the, during the pandemic when people were turning on each other and listening to celebrities i literally had to get i got on my own stories and lives and i say you guys my opinion should not be yeah. above anyone else's opinion stop listening to celebrities to influencers they don't know better than you doesn't mean they did their research like yeah you have to form your own opinions and that's scary sometimes yeah like it's scary the responsibility that you have in a weird way because you're kind of like well it's not my responsibility what you believe right but then if i go on the internet and i go i love doing meth yeah someone out there <laughs> may start doing it and not get that i made a joke yeah even though i have done meth once <laughs> one i think we've all like accidentally done meth well not on purpose but i for sure <laughs> did molly that turned out to be meth and it wasn't good i was awake for like 48 hours and had a huge fight with my sister that ended uh. our relationship for like eight months but then we recovered and we're better than ever yeah and now meth we'll do that accidental meth, will meth do that. free yes yes so i'm proud of us <laughs> we should be very proud <laughs> you said in your TikToks and a lot of your stuff, you said you you continuously make this comment that everything the Kardashians do is propaganda, which I think is really interesting because that's a term we generally see regarding the government. So can you unpack that? Yeah, they're using media to propagate idealized ideas of themselves, but they also seem pretty comfortable with the fact they were a long time were comfortable with the fact that they were divisive um to your point about cults like dividing people can be a way to empower yourself the the charismatic leader which is a predisposition for any or prerequisite for any cult is that charismatic leader um the kardashians have followed a lot of those constructs i will say with the new show they do display discomfort with like their hate more and more and i am confused how mm, real that I is i know why to be vulnerable so they can be relatable it yeah. goes back to the crying yes taking pictures yes. of yourself crying and stuff like that it's like hey guys i know you will never fly on a private plane like me but like i cried today on the private plane so i'm just <laughs> like you i cried today in the private plane yeah, yeah 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 i think it worked until the pandemic yeah i think a lot of celebrities rode on their high horses yeah. pretending to be relatable and then the pandemic happened and i think the pandemic opened the eyes of a lot of people that a celebrities are not gods yeah and then b celebrities are not as relatable as they used to think because then they got to see while they were stuck in the in a small one bedroom home with five other family members and they got to see a celebrity get on their camera and be like hey guys we all need to kind of you know do our part and stay home in their mansion yeah suddenly you're like wait yeah this person is not relatable to me at all yes yeah so. yes so that kind of like chloe and kim having a lot of conversations about how nasty the public is and how mean people are about their lives there's maybe there's a relatability bid there of like if we were in that position, we'd feel the same way. It would hurt. People feel like they know them, though. People are very parasocial about them. I suppose them responding to it in that way, like the gossip hurts, like indulges the parasocial relationship a little. Well, it does make me think, yeah. is it that or are they actually are hurting yeah. and they just want to give you a little more access they're right since they're controlling the narrative they're like okay let's give show them a little bit that we are struggling because back then when you saw something on tv yeah you didn't have access to then go on twitter and right. all these other um social media platforms to kind of get your opinion so people gave you art yes and whether people want to admit it or not even a reality show yes even influencers what they're doing is art in their own way right so now people give you art, you get to enjoy it because that's your entertainment. And then you think you can also have a million opinions on it. Right. And then you say, well, that's part of your job. You're supposed to take it. It's not. Artists put out art and then they're supposed to just relax at home. Yeah. And 
take time off from their job just like everyone else does. There's the way people are dealing with art, period. Like the Marilyn Monroe movie and how mad people were. It was very divisive. I thought it was interesting how divisive it was. Yeah, her, I, I, I personally like thought it was amazing. I thought Marilyn as an icon exists to be perceived and interpreted in different ways. Once you become a representation, it's like a little bit more fair game. Then there's also the relationship between art critics and then the public and like professional critics and like their value and like than the public and like the democratic perception of art and like whether it becomes like a mob psychology at some point. I don't know. There's like a lot there that you just said that I'm like have to think about a little bit. You recommended the book titled Celebrity. Yes. You even brought it with you and you already previously mentioned it by yeah. Chris. Chris Rojak. Yep. Rojak. He's a British academic. Which uh, generally is about the construct of celebrity as we know it. And when one of the topics mentions um, the commodifications yeah. of everyday life, which is basically what reality TV is, correct? Yeah, I would say reality TV is a commodification of everyday life. It's There's so much to say about reality TV. One thing that I think is the basis of what Chris Rojek wrote is that there are three kinds of celebrities. There's ascribed, achieved, and then attributed. And ascribed means being famous for what you are so like the royalty the royal family like back in the day when it was like kings and queens um and then achieved is like the more kind of like modernist idea of celebrity like he i think he uses um brad pitt and serena williams as examples people that are famous because they're great at something at an art or a discipline and then attributed is a more of a new media postmodern idea of celebrity where it's like the angeline billboards like um using new forms of media and technology to like get there and the kardashians are kind of like in a weird way a mix of three like i think we think of them as we would they probably fit into attributed but they are ascribed to some extent because they had notoriety with their adjacency to the oj trial um achieved i think kim would want us to see it that way now because she's got the like big business like my art is that i work hard and i do business really well and then of course attributed because of her uses i mean you could almost say she followed like the angeline um construct of celebrity by just like saying like i want to be famous so i'm going to make it happen i'm going to be like popping up in the background of paris's tabloid pictures and making really smart use of instagram yeah i I would say she's one of the first people to become famous for being famous well one thing that i've noticed for me personally is that as a consumer i've noticed that when celebrities are too accessible it makes them to me seem less cool Mm -hmm. and i do think when you look at someone like angelina jolie the royal family the fact that they don't have social media and they're harder to get to it makes them seem like they're bigger here's a great example like even you look at donald trump yeah perfect example some things that he's done some people say has been great and then one thing mostly people didn't like is his twitter comments and all that yeah imagine if there was no twitter or or i've said this before i feel like people in the government shouldn't have social media shouldn't have access social media i think it's weird in general maybe because i'm from russia but anyway the point here is that i wonder if now with the accessibility it's gone too far to the point that now we don't view people as hierarchy as they're supposed to for example if donald trump didn't have access to twitter a whole narrative with him would have been completely different because we wouldn't have known who he is as a person. Yes. He would have just done his job and gone home and no one would have had an idea. And as much as people want to say, no, I would have still hated him, blah, blah, you probably wouldn't have because you would have no idea. The The media would have told you what you're supposed to think about him. Yeah, and it can also be used with like a, in a Kanye way or a Trump way to cultivate that cultish following. And it's amazing how impactful those real-time tweets are for people in creating that cultish following because there's 
Kanye's tweets and Trump's tweets have a funny effect on people, whether it's like someone thinks it's funny or they think it's resonant and true for them. In any event, they can reach so many people so quickly. And it's a really hard thing because I actually don't know how I feel about the fact that they were taken off of these mediums. It makes them feel victimized and martyred. And then it makes their followers feel that way. And then it can be an argument, even though they're private companies, so it's their right to do it. It can become this like freedom of speech fight. And yeah. so it's like, is the transparency, is the transparency better or worse? Like well, that's the question. The what brings people closer together? The fastest? Hate. Yeah. So. Yeah. As much as people thought, for example, when Trump created his own platform, it didn't work out because no one's arguing. Everyone was agreeing with each other. So the platform couldn't survive. Yeah. So it was interesting that those same people who thought they would be better off with everyone having the same opinions came back on Twitter yeah. just so then they can argue with other people. Right. And that's another interesting thing. They will remove these people from the platform, but they know it doesn't remove the conversation. And the yes. algorithm will reward you for speaking on points yes. that are hateful and angry. You have two options, like in a way, like there's the the high of a conflict, like the adrenaline that it can bring and social media makes that really accessible. Um, because you're so much more exposed to like the dif different ideas that people have, even though more and more I think diversity of ideas is becoming like a zero and one like algorithm in and of itself, like right, take, wrong, take, whatever that means for whichever side you're on. Um, and then there's also that really humans are socially motivated. So like to get to, I was thinking a lot about cults when preparing for this. And I was thinking like when we feel rejected, it goes to the same like places in the brain that you that generate physical pain. You know, love that you bring this up. Yeah, you know, and so he, so social media was meant like with a humanitarian intent, or it should have been of like connection. And I always ask people like, do you use social media for connection or for escape? Because I think that it sometimes does turn into one or the other for people. Um, and I think even when people are fighting on social media, they're seeking connection. My perspective is also coming from someone that's already in the media, and I have yeah. to digest everything yeah. from all the hateful comments and things like that. So. I do what's best for me to protect my mental health. If I don't have control over something, all I'm doing is just get angry and now what? And yeah. I don't like that because that, that makes me lose control of my narrative. Yes. And I think that it's interesting because I think everyone should actually have the right to control their narrative to some extent. Um, like in the sense of like my right to shake my fist ends with your, when your nose begins. Like there's like limits to how far that can go. And then narrative psychology can be very healing for people. Like a lot of the work I do is helping people recover their own narrative. If they went through a trauma, like find meaning in the trauma, own it, make it theirs, and then help them move on. And that's all about the stories you tell yourself um, about what happened and who you are and, and so on. Um, but then it's like this weird thing with like figures like the Kardashians where it's like okay so I don't blame you you guys like you want to control your narrative it's in your best interest too it's your it's reality tv your reality stars and the sense of social media and tv and all the things you do you're selling yourselves so why wouldn't you want to control the narrative but when you have such mass global reach and influence like when does the responsibility start and I don't have an answer for that I don't have an even a, like I don't know where but when you're selling things to people that's like a mind control thing too and and profit drives that and that should be critiqued so it's interesting because it's a new dilemma of like real people that can grow so big that at what point does responsibility kick in i don't know and i also don't know if i want to hear what an influencer has to say about a certain political I issue don't. anyway you know what i mean i don't and that's when people are like well what's your opinion on this i'm like why does it matter and people will be like what's your responsibility no yes. it's not yeah my responsibility is whether or not you should block your ex yeah 
That's totally. like literally most of my, I'm not yes. going to tell you whether or not you should vaccinate your child because I think that's, you should do your own research. And even when I've done the cult month yes. episodes and next month, uh, next week, it's going to be a very serious episode of Scientology. In the yeah. beginning of it, I tell the listeners, you will be able to form your own opinion, whether you agree with it or you don't. Yeah. I'm not here to tell you either way. Well, right. And like, I think knowing that role and like what your brand is and what you're able to offer is really good and boundarying it for yourself and for your audience is good. And I think what gets scary is when people who are fans, and this goes back to like loving your fans, but sometimes like fearing them, want you to be everything to them at once. And it's like, I know you guys like what I have to say about the Kardashians and that I can offer unique new insights that you never thought about before about them. But then people come to me like, they want to know what I really feel. My whole point is like, you don't need to know. So I get yeah. what you're saying. No, I'm, I'm really bad. I'm really bad with boundaries. Like, yeah. It's just so hard when your job is you to know when. And we're, <laughs> we're the whole essence of it is being consumed. They're consuming us. So it's like, yeah. when do you like make that stop? I do think it's very interesting now how people can watch anything. I mean, for example, the show Seinfeld was created about nothing. And they even talk about it on the show, how they're going to create a show about nothing, which was really what happened in reality. And I watch every season and everyone has watched every season. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing with the Kardashians. They've done this in a way where people are so intrigued with their everyday life, even when they're, some of their lives are so vastly different from ours. How do you think they managed to do that? They're good storytellers because they follow a structure uh, that Joseph Campbell coined the hero's journey. So that structure. I love that. Yeah, I think they structure their episodes really well. And I, I'm glad you gave me a chance to say that because I really fucked up an interview I did um, where I didn't answer that. So I'm glad I had the moment to put it out there. Um, that's what makes a show watchable is the inherent structure to it. Good of, storytellers, though. I like that simple. Yeah. The hero's journey starts with like someone entering a situation, not being sure if they can do it, then learning how to do it. Usually someone guides them and then there's a conflict and they overcome the conflict and then it starts to come down and they like give you that. like every movie. Yes, every movie, every episode of the kardashians good writing good structures do that they have that effect humans love to watch so it you're telling me every movie because i've again as usual i thought i was so smart and i noticed this in every movie and i'm like oh here we go yeah i didn't realize that the same thing they do in movies they now apply to reality shows including the kardashians yes the good ones the ones that are really watchable well you'll notice it and and it's like an algorithm it's like a formula that's the thing that interests me the most about the kardashians is that formula they have formulas in their faces the formulas of symmetry that they apply that are actually fractals of like every like different ethnicities which is like an interesting thing wait um, that's really interesting can you elaborate on that yeah like I that's why I also apply the word postmodern to like the Kardashians faces because again that postmodern idea of everything everywhere all the time at once there's an article in the New Yorker called the age of Instagram face by Gia Tolentino and she interviewed a makeup artist and a plastic surgeon about this new look that was at the time I forgot when the thing was published but emerging on Instagram of Instagram face that homogenous look every blonde looks like the next blonde every brunette looks like the next there's yes. so many times I open search page and I'm like oh it's my friend and it's not and yes. I think even me <laughs> yeah does I don't have work on my face except I have lipo under my chin. Yeah. But even my face, I don't know if it's the way I'm doing my makeup. I feel like I look like the other girls on Instagram and I don't understand how. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, like, I'm sure I'm a I'm a example of it, too, because I do fillers and I have like whatever anxieties I have about aging and I follow a certain formula of eye makeup to keep it easy. And one thing that's interesting is and I'm sure I've learned it from Instagram and TikTok too. people like to say there's more diversity of aesthetics on TikTok. That might be true, but TikTok dance trends are also a matter 
of homogeny. And repetition and imitation is like the essence of social media because back to that idea of humans being socially motivated, it feels better to feel part of something. We're literally driven to do it. Alfred Adler deviated from Freud, who Freud believed we just were driven by the fact that we want to fuck and then we're going to die. And Alfred Adler was a little bit more like, yeah, sure, maybe, but like also we want to connect. And so we want to experience belonging. So these mediums, um, give us constructs to try to be part of something. And that's what's so interesting because if you listen to my other cult interviews, yeah. it's literally so many similarities. I'm sure. Which is so insane. Yeah. But it's it's aspects of community because back then during the Ice Age or, um, you know, when people were cavemen, yeah. they needed to be part of a community because if they're in a yeah. community, they wouldn't be eaten by a lion. Yes. So that stayed with us throughout now. And that's why people continuously thrive and usually migrate towards communities, including cults. So usually it starts with, this isn't a cult. I just feel like I have a family. Yes. Or like even your work, it can be like a cult because when you come in, they go, we're like a family here. You're like, bye. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> boundaries, back to the boundaries convo. Yeah. yeah. And actually to your point, even just bringing up cavemen is interesting because like, like humans have evolved and I th I had this is like a loose theory that I'm working with when I write my book I'm gonna like really like research it and support it but I think that's also what makes the Kardashians so compelling for people is that they have a, enabled us to witness a process of evolution the nature of the Kardashians is transformation with whether it's their bodies and their faces really or their careers we've watched Kim evolve from like sex tape star reality star Instagram star to like what she is now but they've managed to keep it interesting because I don't know if yeah. I, we would watch every single person they're involved well that kind of puts you into they created a fake reality of the truman show yes the truman show totally when you brought up the kids i, I have limits on how much i talk about the kids because it just feels weird to me but like yeah the kids are living in the truman show and here's the crazy thing the kardashians beat us to that analysis they have a whole episode where they like talk about the truman show and to the kids and how it all <laughs> relates it's fucking crazy and those are the things about them that at least as storytellers as storytellers, I respect it. That's good writing. That's them having a lot of authorial sensibilities of like, oh yeah, our kids do live that life. Let's reference it. And like reference this incredibly postmodern film to like explain what we're doing here. Very self-aware. That's very interesting though, because as much as people love to hate on them because yeah. it makes their life easier, I do think there's something there because not every person could be a good storyteller. So the yes. fact they're able to capture your attention for 20 seasons yes. shows that they are good storytellers and they're yep. getting better and better as time goes they on are. and they're captivating and they're grabbing our attention whether, and you know, and I think the coolest thing about the Kardashians yep. and I think what helps them stand out, which kind of references to the beginning of you talking about media theory yeah. and postmodernism, yeah. is the fact that they admit a lot of things mm -hmm. and we almost don't notice it at this point. Like even all the jokes about the mother creating all the drama, like no one works, like the devil works hard, but Chris Jenner works harder. It's all these jokes, but there's obviously truth to it because we see it but we're like we're in denial about that truth even though it's almost like yeah. they say if you want to hide something hide in plain sight yes i feel like that's been happening here in the same way where they are so quote-unquote honest with us so we respect yes. it but we're not actually n realizing that we're still being manipulated in a way to buy their products and do all that yeah. it kind of goes to show you with celebrities when they say well i have my nose i have my nose down so i'm being honest everyone's like yeah yes oh but she didn't also mention her tits and her ass and this and that because yeah. she just needed that one little part. Yes. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. 
So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. So, Chloe told Andy Cohen and, and everyone on in the reunion episode that, yeah, she's had her nose done. Maybe she said once or twice. I don't remember. And first of all, that was like Chloe fulfilling a role that's common for her. I've noticed in the family of taking the hit, taking the Aww. like, she's the one that like will do. I don't, it doesn't, I don't have the sense she really wants the Tristan story to be front and center. It seems like it fucking sucks, but it's the most authentic, like gripping drama the family has to offer. So it's they relatable. start, yes, it's, it's actually, so they're starting and ending seasons with full episodes about her shit. And because it's giving a lot to the show. She was also the one that owned her plastic surgery in the reunion special, even though Kim, looks like she's allegedly done a lot of stuff herself so but then again it's just the one nose apparently when it's a deflection thing so it was like okay we feel grounded in some admission of truth but that satisfies people just uh, maybe 80 percent well we can wonder about the rest it's interesting I think uh, the other point that I wanted to make that I thought was interesting was you saying how the social media the one face one that all that it's actually brings me back to the thought of I was I ran into my friend Alyssa Viola a while back. She was saying, oh, every time you take a photo, I save it because I can copy your poses. And I was like, oh, that's so crazy. I've copied your poses. And I, yes. and I realized without even realizing because it's ingrained in yeah. us as influencers. There's so many like, for example, one time Kylie Jenner did this like pose where she's halfway sitting on the floor, like on her knees in a way. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Where like yeah. your ass is kind of yes, out. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And it's so uncomfortable. But then you suddenly start to see the trend yes. of everything everyone taking that photo including myself yep and i didn't even realize i got ingrained in my brain that now when i see i'll save pictures of other influencers with a specific pose yes and then i pose like that and then i guess someone like Alyssa violet will pose like that and then so on and then other people then look at see both of oh they're both posing like that it must mean something yeah they pose like that so then we're all just continuously the same. It's that imitation repetition impulse again. Absolutely. And I've noticed this. This is so interesting to me too. And I want to find like a researcher or someone like when I go to write my book and I like have hopefully help with research just to get it. I I would love it. No, this is really interesting because one thing, this is another loose theory that I want to find a way to kind of prove or at least argue. People that even say they hate the Kardashians will do makeup like the way the Kardashians popularized during that era, or they will pose the way the Kardashians were posing. And I've also noticed there are studies that prove this. I just have to find it that group pictures do better, like pictures of like groups like posing, especially when there's diversity in the poses, but it's a group. Um, Yeah, the eye likes it. The eye likes to see groups of people and people uh, might subconsciously learn that and then mimic Kardashian aesthetics or pose in groups to like look like they're not alone because those get the likes so the likes also feed the trend you know like the validation then feeds it and popularizes it and it gets expanded so that's why when we say kardashians dominated instagram 
it was inevitable. Selfies were going to dominate Instagram. People like pictures of faces and pictures of groups. But Kim kind of got on that early on. So the, the Instagram face article by Gia Tolentino, she interviewed a makeup artist. And I'm going to get his exact quote wrong. But he said something like, Kim's face is a Middle Eastern or Native American influence around, I think he said the eyes, maybe the cheeks, um, an African-American influence in the nose. And um, basically her face is like the United Nations and her body too. And I don't think it's a coincidence that that is being popularized during a time, first of all, where technology makes that possible. Fillers and injectables became bigger around the same time the Kardashians came up. They just became more available, more accessible. And we're on the fucking internet. We're on social media. I just don't media. understand. I do. I genuinely believe that there are, they are the beginning of plastic surgery for other people yes. and normalizing yes. it. But I, I don't understand. And this is what's frustrating to me personally as someone that likes to do so much research. I can't figure out in my brain how they were able to cultivate on that and how they were able to be in a way to have such a following from them. Like, well, why Why were they such a big influence on it? Because I think there's a few things. They too had new access to it. Like Botox was happening, but like, I think that they probably hit the scene and then they were like consulting with surgeons and they were like, oh, this is an option now, like with the fillers. Like it just kind of came at the same time. Kris Jenner herself in the same Andy Cohen reunion special said that they hit the scene at the perfect storm of Instagram and Twitter coming on. So Kim had just lucky timing getting on Instagram when she did. And I think there was also lucky timing of becoming more public facing when they had access to plastic surgeons that were doing these new things. There's also the fact that we're on social media and we're more exposed to each other on a globalized scale. Like we're able to see what's going on in other countries and like what the beauty standards there are. Like there's more exposure to other people because of social media. So Kim as like her face as a cultural fractal like reflects like the globalized world that we're like living in as it becomes more connected because of the internet. Um, so you think if Kim looked like a blonde white girl, she may not have the same influence as her looking more ambiguous because more people can relate to her being ambiguous looking. Yeah, she can hit more demographics that way for sure. And I also think she did something, she's hit on a primitive natural impulse at the perfect time of just reveling in her vanity, whether people judged her or not for it. She got a lot of judgment for her selfie thing. But Instagram was going to eventually become a place of selfies over pictures of our food which is how it kind of started right Be you know what i mean so she made that her thing she published a book called selfies and so when we start seeing kim's face everywhere and people are copying the selfie thing and then people naturally like seeing homogeny visually it was bound to happen that kim kardashian's face became viral but it's interesting that when she started to be decided that she was done with the butt stuff yeah she took her stuff uh fillers or whatever it was i don't know yeah she took those things out yeah and now people are doing that too i noticed that when the when the bbls went down or whatever she did to her but there was a lot of anxiety from people who had been critical of kim previously of like well no now that kim is taking it away that's going to change the beauty standard and it's going to harm me and so there's a real but synergy it did. it did no it did it did and i also think so what you're pointing at, I think, is like her influence, right? Just like yeah, the power I, of that. I don't get it. Or yes. I guess once you hit that part, then it's easier. But it's just the beginning. Yes. How did they manage? And they also got so much criticism, which i now noticing. Hate, in a weird way, is very important yes. for any leader. Yes. The it, more people yes. hate you, it seems like... The more the you more, matter. The more you matter. And then the more people also on your side, because it insinuates like the fighting and the div division. Yes. That's why she's, I think, 
a good representation of like media as it is because that's happening obviously in politics like people are polarizing each other media has become hyper partisan i mean people hating trump so much wishing he didn't win is one of the reasons i think he won yeah totally i think someone called it trump derangement syndrome i don't know who said that i don't like when people use these euphemisms because i think both sides i think anyone on any extreme end is too much and i think people are very silly the media is so one way yeah that they have no idea that there's so much other world exists and when you go around to and i've tried to explain this to my listeners when you go to your job and you think that if you're if you say oh yeah trump's a dick or a cunt or whatever words you want to use and you think oh yeah because on social media it's normal your boss may be republican may love trump and he's gonna fire you and you're not gonna get a promotion like this is where i kind of go back to maybe keep certain things to yourself you all right the boundaries thing that you were saying and i also that's also the fake reality yes uh, yes i've been around celebrities who act very vocal on certain things on the internet and then i hung out with them and suddenly it's a completely different opinion or they actually don't give a shit and it was just in order because they felt forced to speak about something yeah 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 there well that's where people i've noticed in my discourse and my comments people are really desperate to know what the kardashians really believe and then they get frustrated with more and more kim has been sharing more like that she's basically like a fiscally conservative democrat like and then that and people it's the, when you kind of give that peek into your personal ideology and like all the forces that create it, like it's an interesting thing. But to your point too, uh, there's a book called United States of Distraction, Media Manipulation and a Post-Truth America. I reference it a lot. Wow. And it talks about the way that um, both both sides of media companies made Trump happen because people define themselves in opposition to what they don't like. And that's still an act of self-definition. If you're like, I am virtuous because I don't agree with this, you need that this to be able to have that self-concept. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I agree. And I think I forgot where I spoke about this. Maybe it was, um, I think, something culty. I thought about it because I have such a need to yeah. quote unquote stand out and be an individual. Maybe it's my moon in Aquarius, <laughs> oh, but I constantly yeah. have to go against. And during the pandemic, some parts of my family, insanely liberal, and the other parts yeah. of my family were more towards the Republican yeah. side. And then I looked at both of them because I thought I was so self-righteous. And I go, you're both idiots. You're <laughs> so hateful, both sides. I don't care for it. I'm neither. And then I started looking for outlets and channels where people agreed with me so yeah. it made me feel like part of a community without yes. realizing because yes. i'm like i'm i'm not part of any community yeah subconsciously i was looking for a community i yeah. can be part of and i started to buying into that where these people were talking shit about both sides and i'm thinking i'm so much better and then i realized no these people just fucking manipulated me to yes. to pay for their subscriptions to listen to what they have yes. to say and i'm actually am part of a community and I, you're right i needed both sides to, to be fighting like that so i can feel like such an individual so i can be so self-righteous yeah to show that like no i'm different when in reality i'm just in the third category yes yeah <laughs> and that's the weird thing about like the way again like to bring it all the way back to marshall McLuhan, who i mentioned earlier like fish doesn't know it's in water like we have to re- realize how much media saturates our idea of like reality like i really do think these like ideas of formulas and algorithms shape so much about existence like why is it so zeros and ones? Why does it always become like right take, wrong take, this side, that side? I think we all grapple with it, but it's really hard to find a language to understand it and like work against it. And that's I think what I'm that's trying to where do. it comes in where I think anything in moderation is good. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't know what it is with humans that we yeah. ruin everything. Yeah. But even this, yeah. I believe that, for example, when they create the media theory, the media theory, postmodernism, yeah. it, it works 
for the benefit of a lot of people unfortunately yes. because of the access to everything yeah it's ruined it for the media for politics for celebs and all that to really carry their own narrative because there's so much access to everything yes too much and then it goes against them yeah so it went from okay this is here's a great example in my opinion during the pandemic the division was insane it completely divided at least yes. from my own point of view america i don't know how it works in europe yeah but in america the division is maddening yeah i mean people broke up over different yes. opinions yes people don't speak to their families because of it yeah. and at one point first it was working for the government for the politicians for yeah. the media it was working yeah. we're dividing they're listening and now and then it stopped working because people stopped listening and then suddenly well, i hate you i hate that i'm gonna insinuate more hate now i'm gonna yes. call my own president an idiot the same people who are calling trump an idiot now calling biden an idiot right so it's suddenly and i i was i've been looking from the outside i'm like that's interesting because i bet they didn't realize yeah. those same people are gonna love biden so much are gonna turn on him too the minute he does something wrong because you told them it's okay yes yeah and that's where i don't even know the answer to this but that's where i think the media that's creating these postmodernism media yeah. theory and all that are failing themselves because content and the tr and things are coming out way faster yes. and people have time to even seek to yes. figure out if it's true or not right and sometimes stories the, the last chapter hasn't been written and so it's you can't like define something or evaluate something with the limited information as it's coming out so quickly. Like there's thing, there's people that demand takes from me and say I'm problematic or something if I don't speak out. And I also don't, they misunderstand my project because I'm not speaking out on anything. I'm just trying to analyze really. But yeah. like, but like if, if on something the Kardashian said or did in real time the next day, but sometimes it's like, dude, like I'll get to it. And it might be critical of what I have to say, but I like, let me write my book once more information has gone down. And once I've had more time to like really contextualize it with history and with like the bigger story um and i also think this cancel culture conversation which is like happening i think people are like grappling with cancel culture more openly and like actively now it's interesting my partner and i have talked about this like the left does kind of normalize it and popularize it and it's only a matter of time before it starts happening to like their people i'm like i don't really identify with either side either but it's like this is like a lefty thing to do and it's going to start eating itself. But that's another conversation. Are you talking about the can cancel culture? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it already has in yeah. some ways. Yeah. So it's more like, oh shit, now it applies to me. We never mind. It's, yes. it's kind of the same thing, I think, with the people that were so against if speaking of politics we're so against like i said trump and then now yeah. they're against biden it throws me off because i'm like whoa yeah and i'm sure the people behind his whole team probably enjoyed it a lot when yeah. they were insinuating all that hate and they probably didn't expect that hate to come back at them and i i agree that's why i think it's always important to just back away it's the same people that try to cancel other people and then when they're getting canceled they're like wait no not me yeah you guys i'm on your side no you're not yes that's the thing like there have been moments where like I've been pissed as a creator and I've been like, do I call this out? And my partner was kind of like, don't be someone that's like canceling people because you aren't going to like it when like you get if someone comes for you, like then you can't be so mad. So I just keep my mouth shut with those things and just try to do the right thing. Well, but first of all, regardless, if one day it comes that someone's trying to cancel you, people will still write that coattail because people right. people think sometimes the only way for them to come up is to bring someone else down yeah. with, with, instead of yeah. understanding that they just have to focus on themselves. So even if you do all the right things, yeah. 
I did this, I did it right, I did why people still coming because people love to hate and even yes. more now than ever. So that's not gonna change. But I've been like that too. I've had moments where I've had really bad interactions with certain people and I've never came to light because as much as hate brings people to closer together, that's not what um because you talked about community we, i said community but you said a different word connection connection yeah hate is a false type of connection it's not a real connection you're not actually connecting on anything and hate inside inside of you and it eats you alive so i try to ex explain that to my listeners so you think hate brings you together but it doesn't yeah all you have in common is a hate and then you have to continuously insinuate this hate and then you end up growing your whole brand around hate and that's why i've never been i've never stuck to hating on someone or having my whole brand be about hate because because as much as you think is just focusing on the brand, it's eating you alive totally. and it's going to kill you faster. Yeah, no, I I have to within myself as a personal thing I always have to work on is work on resentment and resentful feelings like that's a thing for me probably. But I will say if we're talking emotionally, but also politically, also with media, it's easier to destroy than it is to create it's just easier That's and so, so people you see that in how people operate they i like that it's thing. easier to destroy than it is to create yeah it's it's harder to come up with better solutions constructive solutions productive solutions it's harder yeah. so people and go with the let's tear down everything all the media stuff is the same thing if yes. you anyone that hates on the kardashians on trump yeah. on biden either political party they literally have a show because of these people i mean so many people were banking on having a full show just hating trump every week yes well yes it made the companies it made cnn rich it made fox rich and, and then both sides they don't have a show once trump and then they kept like i remember for, like this whole time i still would hear trump's name and i'm like why are we still talking about him he's not even our president yeah well because we have nothing else to talk about because a whole brand was created on hate yeah that's no, all we can do totally yes he kind of fed it he he put it out and we took it in and we gave it back and um it's hard because part of what i'm trying to do by modeling like examining the kardashians and this way is model ways to critique like systems of power and so we do need to critique i think any politician any centralized like form of power i think should be critiqued but not critiques in the way because that people critique well why are your opinions of mine i think the kardashians created something very interesting yeah where like i said it's the if you want to hide something hide in plain plain sight yes so you think everyone they're so honest with us when in reality they're not they're right. still they, it's still a show it's still curated yes